Welcome everyone, welcome all the listeners, welcome to the Brothers Chat, where we're going to discuss game week 12. Um, feels like it's been a long time waiting for game week 12, just due to the international week. I don't know if I speak for everyone in here and the listeners, but I just can't stand international week. I just want the Premier League to just be on throughout the whole week, um, every weekend, to be honest with you. But before we get into it, um, we're just going to introduce the panel, um, starting with the members, with me, Iman, I'm a Spurs fan. Um, I like to keep that under the rug, but sometimes it's harder said than done. I can't <laughs> hide that, man. Can't hide that. No, no. They know the truth now. <laughs> they know the truth now, so don't hide it, no. I guess. <laughs> we'll start with, um, is Richard? Richard's not here, no? Richard's on route. He's um, oh, okay. he never keeps the time, so we'll we'll forget about him for now. Forget about him. Uh, you know, another United fan. Well, one less, which is great today. That's <laughs> we got obviously our own um, brothers chat. Oh, um, usually a host member today. Um, Taro, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> how are you doing today, man? Um, I'm feeling quite good. You know, feels good to be a football fan again. You know, yeah. I can actually celebrate my team now. Been knee sliding for about five minutes, but managed to pick myself back up and and uh, yeah, <laughs> give my thoughts on the um, recent events. No doubt, no doubt. We're gonna get into that definitely. Um, then we have Mo, which I believe is an Arsenal fan. Mo, how are you doing today? All good, bro. Thanks for having me on the show. Looking forward to it. Oh, definitely, definitely. Thank you for coming on. Then we also have. Uh, Mr X which is also another Arsenal fan Aiden, how are you doing today man? All good man how's it going man? All good all good thank you thank Wait, you for coming today We can only call you by one alias man I can't call you Mr X Aiden that's too many that's too many words Nah just, just, just call me Aiden Aiden bro leave the Twitter a bit out of it leave the Twitter out of it Alright cool <laughs> Aiden no doubt no doubt Aiden cool and then also we have um, Kiana which is a Liverpool, she's a Liverpool fan how are you doing today? Good, thanks. Thanks for having me. Yes, I am a Liverpool supporter. Yeah, why no did you say it like that? Oh, she happy, bro. She happy, bro. <laughs> that is so rehearsed. Moving on. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, we've got Dami, which is uh, also another United fan. How are you doing today, bro? Yo, yo. Thanks for having me back on. I'm doing good. Thanks for having me back on, man. It's good to be back. No doubt, no doubt. Um, yeah, so that's all the that's all the panel for today. Um, before I get into the game, we're just gonna just gonna drop you for the listeners that want to keep in touch with us. You can find us for Instagram, Twitter at the Brothers Chat. You can find our content and on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Again, under the same name, the Brothers Chat, and uh, we try our best to give you weekly news and and perspective of what happens on the weekends and midweek games of the Prem. So, yeah, keep in touch. Um, I think it's only right we start with probably the biggest news coming out of the weekend, and that's Man United and Oli Gunnar Solskjaer, which I believe have departed ways. Um, we're going to go with Dami. How did you feel? How are you feeling now? We've only gone now. I missed three years, three and a half years or three years, depending on what month it was. I think it was November, October when he got when um, he came in since this terrorist has been in charge. And thank God. I think he's overstayed his welcome by like 
what, three, four months now? He should have been sacked after the Europa League. He wasn't. He should have been sacked after losing, I think it was 5-0 to Liverpool. He wasn't. He should have been sacked <laughs> after losing 2-0 and been treating, treated like a training match versus Man City. He wasn't. Somehow he's still here. And then he lost for one. He had to go. After that game, he had to go because there's, Watford aren't even a good team. They're semi-average. They're semi-meaty, sorry. So there's no real reason why he should stay. And it just goes to show you where football is going, though, in the whole grand scheme of things, where people are just getting jobs based off of who they are rather than what they've done in the sport. How, how he's managed to stay this long, I will never know. And he should mm. go back to his level, which is Mulder, or go to into Miami <laughs> and go do vibes up there. But I can't believe he's managed to stay this long. But all the best. Nice man, but just wasn't good enough for the job. Mm, understand that. Totally understand that. I mean, I don't know whether anyone else agrees with me, but I think maybe I'm a small minority of people that believe not all of what's going on at United is his fault. I mean, Kiana, do you feel the same way or are you taking Nami's part on this? Obviously, you're being a Liverpool fan and seeing it from outside. How do you feel? Oh, well, what else is there left to say after why he, he should have been gone? Uh, I was going to pick out some of those points, but I don't know. I just say I was really surprised he even got a contract extension, but I'm not surprised he's gone. It was it was mm. overdue. The bleeding needed to stop. <laughs> Didn't matter what time of the season, I think it needed to stop. And for the most part, everyone sounds relieved. So move on, y'all. What's next? Nah, no doubt, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah, we'll move on from that anyway. That discussion, he's gone now. So that's in the past. We move on to the actual game. Watford versus... Hey, a second. You didn't even ask me. Well, all right, bro. What's your... Okay, what's your... I know you're taking it anyway. You're pretty much the same. Yeah, but what the listeners that? don't know. Yeah. All right, um, cool. Go on. What but you, you know, I have to like echo Dami's sentiments. I feel as if the writing has been on the wall and it's been that way for a long time. Uh, especially this season. Um, a couple of weeks too late, in my opinion, because he should have mm. gone several weeks ago. And for me, really mm. honest myself, he should have been dismissed and relieved of his duties at the end of last season. Like Dami mentioned mm. again, the Europa League final. Um, I think the deficiencies have been there for all to see. And they were further magnified when he tried to deviate from his style, mm. which for those of you that are unaware, <laughs> is to contain the opposition and play on the counter-attack. That's like the Fergie way for all you top words out there. But yeah, I think a lot of these subpar performances were masked by results and and league position. Um, I can't lie, I, I could go on a diatribe, but I don't know who else wants to kind of kind of chime in. Whether you lot have anything to say, opposition fans? Well, I, I I personally believe it's not all down to him. Like I said, I think the players have to take responsibility, no doubt, for those performances he put in, especially against the Watford game. It's, you know what I mean, like. Before we, we're going to talk about that soon, but I don't know. For me personally, that, the players are going to take that. Like that's ridiculous. That you know what I mean. For United, you know, you, you can't you can't play like that. That's just my take on it anyway. But Oli, you know, he did what he could do. Obviously, we all knew that he weren't really the man to really take you guys back to those heights. Mm, probably not. But then you know you've got to look at the squad, and you you have to say you know you've got a good enough squad. So, I don't know who else agrees with me in here, but, you know, I just feel like the players should take some blame as well. No doubt. But, um, moving on, we'll move into the game, Watford versus United, um, which started, which was on Saturday. We saw Danny van der Beek still on the bench again. 
um, a weird one, you know. Um, but yeah, we'll get into that. It obviously, comes on later on. Um, we then see. I mean, it was kind of a weird first half. So I don't know how you felt about that first half at Watford. And the um, we're lucky game. we didn't go. But we're lucky we didn't go into halftime three or four goals up. Mm. <laughs> Literally, um, I I made the conscious decision not to watch the match. I thought I'd wait mm. it out and see how the game goes. And as soon as I heard David De Gea save two penalties, or he saved the penalty in the retake, I was like, "Yeah, this this isn't this isn't the game for me." Um, but yeah, I didn't watch the whole match, but I watched the highlights. But from what I saw, Watford, a lowly Watford side, absolutely peppered us. Mm. Um, I think Dami was kind of kind when he called them a media team. Like, I, I feel as if they're going to get relegated. So to get beat 4-1 by relegation threatened Watford is just absolutely embarrassing. Um, mm. So yeah, that's what I think. Um, moving on, Mo, what, what was your take on, I mean, seeing the, the lineup, I guess, the, the, the lineup, Donny being on the bench again, you know, seeing basically how that first half kind of builded up. What was your take on everything, basically? And even around Oli also? Um, I mean, I think um, Oli, uh, obviously the situation became untenable. Um, obviously the guy, he's a nice guy, but then in the day, even though I agree with you to an extent that it's not all on, on Oli, you know, the players have to take responsibility. But ultimately, it's the way he sets them up. Um, when I watch Manchester United uh, as a rival fan, I don't, I don't really see any structure. I don't really see a style of play or I don't really see what they're trying to do um, from game to game. So when that happens, I mean, usually it is on the manager, unfortunately. And, um, mm. you know, I did feel sorry for Ole uh, in a way because obviously he loves the club and he's a legend there, but it got to a point where he had to go. So um, I think it's good for Manchester United that, that they managed to move on. I'm just annoyed because we're playing them next week at Old Trafford, so it would have been nice if <laughs> they held on to him for a couple more games. But other than that, um, <laughs> other than that though, uh, I think uh, they had to do um, what they did. And as for the game, yeah, I mean, more of the same. Um, we played Watford uh, at the Emirates last week and we absolutely peppered them. So to see them beat Manchester United 4-1, I mean, even though we only won one in on the day, um, that's not how the game went, you know. We, we literally peppered them the entire game and Aubameyang should, could have had a hat-trick by himself. So to see United lose 4-1 for me was, even for, for early standards, I mean, that was just, mm. <laughs> that was just unfathomable, you know, so so he had to go. Yeah. Aiden, your, your takes as well, mate? It's the same thing? Or what, what else? I mean, what have you got to say? <laughs> Obviously, it's very sad seeing Oli go, quality manager. But United mm. became a joke where it reached a stage where if when they lose, everyone's laughing at them. When they win, people are happy because they know Oli's going to keep the job. So mm. it was just a cycle of a joke. But I absolutely agree with you that it's not all Oli's fault. Everyone knows the problem with United with the board. And there's players mm. at United which are not even Premier League level, let alone top four level. So I can't. you're right, it's not all Oli's fault. But he should have gone two years ago or a year ago, at least. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. But um, yeah, moving into the game, obviously, you know, we saw Watford rewarded a penalty in the 80th minute. Um, awful attempt of a clearance from Bruno Fernandes. I mean, I mean, can someone help me? Like, what was he going for? What was he thinking? Um, Keanu, did you see? Did you did you see much of that game? Yeah, I I did, and I really didn't understand what was going on. And a couple of um, 
people that I, I chat with about some of the games mentioned something about it almost seeming like the players were sabotaging the the game like themselves. And I don't I don't yeah. want to say that, but it just looked like there was like too it, much terrible things going on individually that it 100%. actually kind of made sense to me. But I'm not going to go that route. I just feel um, they just play as a bunch of individuals and I, I can't understand what the structure is. I can't understand what the style is. I can't understand mm. what's going on individually. And I, I imagine that these players, like there's a whole bunch of things going on in their head as well. And self-sabotage wasn't one of them, but it it really just looked like they were imploding. And as the game went on, it just got increasingly worse. And for me, Ole just always looks like a deer in headlights. Like I, every time something happens, the camera zooms <laughs> to his face and I'm like, is he mad? Is he is he upset? Like you can't, you can't tell that what's going on in the game by looking at him. So e- even that is really stressful to watch. But when he high five Maguire for the most, one of the most terrible challenges I've ever seen at the worst time possible, he high fives him going out. I'm like, take off that armband. What is, what is he really there for? I'm, I'm not sure. Cause it doesn't look like he's a leader on the pitch. And unless he's leading them straight to another dimension of failure, I, I, I don't know. It was really sad to see. I, I love the game more than anything, and it's tough watching Man United. So I, I think it's the right step in the right direction. But yeah, it's it's on the players now because then who what's who's going to be the scapegoat after this? No, definitely. Sorry, definitely. To, sorry to interject, but I think it's really telling because I listened to De Gea's post-match interview and he said, we didn't know what we're doing. We didn't know what to do with the ball. I think that's... That's a, a, a damning statement. Um, I think when the players aren't responding to your methodology and you're you're not able to get the best out of that group of individuals, it's it's the beginning of the end. And I think it's gotten to the point where the players have lost faith. I mean, I think it's even been widely reported that the players have had doubts about Solskjaer's tactics, regardless of how they feel about him and how much they like mm. him. I think as a player as much as you try and convince yourself you want to play for the manager subconsciously, you're not mm. going to put 110% in. Um, no, I don't. You have these sorts of doubts. So I think it's important not to misconstrue my words. I think what Oli's done from a managerial standpoint, um, uh, but I think it is important that we differentiate the manager from the coaching side because from a managerial standpoint, I think he's done a really good job restoring the club ethos as well as rebuilding the squad. So we're in a better position um, where he's almost rectified the sins of previous managers. But if you can't translate that onto the pitch, at least consistently to the point where we're challenging the top of the, the Premier League, then then yeah, yeah, you have to you have to pack your bags and collect your P45. <laughs> no doubt. I mean, Davi, could you help me out? I, I'm still trying to figure out like what was Bruno Fernandes thinking in that moment of time trying to clear the ball like that that I, led to that he wasn't yeah to, to be fair yeah I don't actually understand what he was trying to do there but that's that is not necessarily how he plays but his first intent is not even to look for where the pass is he just wants to whack it forward and that mm. is the consequence of what he's normally doing and I feel he's obviously got benched today yeah. I feel like that's deserved because he can't keep playing people think they have an agenda against him which I don't and it's the maddest thing ever I just don't respect it when people go for GA and then use mm. GA to mask shit performances because last season there was times where he was playing like this but we get GA so you would all forget about it 
Now he's struggling to score and he's struggling to assist. And you can see him for what he is. He's playing shit. So mm. I, I just feel like we just need to open our eyes more and just start things that we like use our eyes and see what we're actually seeing. He, if he can play well and he can stop trying to be someone that he's not, because I feel like he plays like a superstar. I'm not saying that he's not, but he plays like he's like a big time superstar and he's this and he's that when he's not. He's only been this kind of level for like what, two years now. So if he, if he stops that and just plays normal, simple football, he will still get his GA because he, I just feel like he's that kind of player that always rack up numbers. But then he can also stop masking his performances with um, goals and assists and then he'll get less critique. And he will stop the stupid mistakes like this. But until then, he'll keep doing stupid things. Mm, man, no doubt. No doubt. I can, I can respect that. But obviously, yeah. Leading off to obviously the penalty that was rewarded to Watford, we saw De, De Gea um, save the the first penalty, but couldn't do anything um, about the rebound, which was scored by Watford. But um, was also then taken to VAR to um, retake the penalty due to the fact that um, two players from each side, um, well, I'm sorry, one player from Watford side and one player from the United side were in the box. So that penalty had to be retaken. If I can remember, it was Wambasaka and if someone could help me from the Watford side, I can't remember the player. I think it was... Um, I, don't know if it's uh, Kat, I don't know if it was Kat Cart. I don't know. Um, or Romaina. Rame- sorry, I can't pronounce his name probably, but the guy that did score that rebound. I'm pretty Is it sure Firmino? Was, the Firmino? I think it, it, Firmino? Might, it might have been. Yeah, maybe. I think maybe. it was. I think it was. But yeah, um, yeah. So due to those that incident, the the penalty had to be retaken, but then also was saved again by De Gea. If I'm right, I think De Gea hasn't saved the penalty since April 2018 or something like that. I thought I read. Ah, uh, he um, which is he he the, saved he saved the penalty against West Ham. This oh, is it, um, yeah, he saved the penalty season, against yeah. West Ham. Yeah, I think before that, I think it was 2016. I think it was the FA Cup semi final against Everton, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but yeah, it's been at least four or five years since he wow. saved the penalty. So he scored, <laughs> he's essentially saved three penalties in, in one season, which is incredible. If you'd watched him in the penalty shootout in the Europa League final, but let me not, um, let me not relive uh, <laughs> bad memories. But um, yeah, can we talk about Sars penalty? Terrible. Yeah, I was literally just about to jump on that. How do you miss a retake? Please, someone explain to me. I mean, how you miss a retake, but then I've never seen a player taking the first penalty to get then take the retake again as well. I always thought that was forbidden. (laughs) You know what I mean? God, that penalty was awful. I mean, what did everyone else have to say? I mean, um, Adam, what you got to say about the penalty? I mean, sorry, Aiden, sorry. I'm surprised Saar takes penalties for Watford because I, I did, there's a lot of better players that probably strike a ball better than him, like Josh King. But I'm, mm. I'm pretty surprised because there's certain players which you can tell are not penalty takers and Saar's probably one of them in my books. Guarantee you'll yeah. never take a penalty again after that. I don't, I, don't, I don't think you will. I don't think you will. But yeah, that was awful to miss the second one again as well. But um, was it long after that then Watford uh, took the lead by Josh King um, scoring on the 28th minute, um, scoring against his old club as well, um, which is <laughs> which is damaging. And he's Nor- um, Nor- Norwegian as well. He's Norwegian as well. Yeah. A bit of, a, yeah. bit of iron, um, irony in that as well. And Oli wanted him. Say that again. And Oli wanted him um, last <laughs> yeah, year. January. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we opted for Uncle Ingalo. It's funny how things work out. <laughs> very, very funny, isn't it? 
very, very funny. But then obviously, shortly after that, before the half time, um, terrible defending from United, I have to say. I mean, uh, what do you have to say about that, Tyrell? I mean, them taking again another doubling their lead by could, some. You could put a blanket of Man United and you wouldn't see those defenders. Is almost as for playing a mannequin challenge at times. We're so static defensively. Like, we do not mm. move. Um, and I'm sure Dami can attest to this as well. But... Yeah, we, we've been doing it all season. It's just the fact that he's getting further magnified because we're getting worse and worse, or we were getting worse and worse under Oligon Solskjaer. But yeah, all, all the goals were poor. Um, I think Scar, Scar redeemed himself. Um, I forgot who scored the third one, but I think it was, I think the hair got beat at his near post. Which um, it was, I think it was by Dennis. Dennis, I'm pretty sure. Oh, no, no, sorry. It was by um, Herrera. Sorry? Oh no, go on. And then, oh yeah, sorry. Oh uh, yeah, so yeah, moving on to the second half, we saw Oli make a double change, bringing on Van der Beek and uh, Marshall for McTominay and Rashford. Was that a positive move for you, Dami, watching the game? Oh, for bringing on Rashford and uh, bringing off Rashford for who was it? Bringing off Rashford for Marshall. With Marshall here, yeah. I. It's a weird one. I don't know what his head how his head is like in terms of where he is. I generally don't believe his head is in Manchester anymore. I generally just believe he should probably just let him go. In my opinion, Lingard and Greenwood should always be the first two coming off the bench. Obviously, I think Donny van der Beek should be starting. And I think mm. um, that Lingard and Greenwood should be the next two. I don't know why Martial was getting game time because he just clearly looks off here. So I don't know why they're doing that. But really and truly, they just need to try and build a fluid starting lineup that can accommodate as many players as possible Without, without, whilst being able to control games, but without without actually being leaky in the back. So that's why I didn't mind the five at the back. Because if you start playing Alex Tellers and the wing back and you have the three centre-backs when they're all fit, and you really don't have a big in a pivot, double pivot, and then you can have the three forwards, it works. Whereas when you're just playing Rashford on the wing, then you've got the four defenders, which won't be Aaron Basaka, who's playing awful. And you've got the two centre-backs in Maguire, who stinks. Sure, who stinks. Mm. It's just too leaky going back. And the forwards aren't scoring, so it doesn't really. It's like a net negative in both ways, so it's just a mess, really. Yeah, no, nah, no doubt. Um, I've got my, <laughs> I've got my side on Marshall. Sometimes I'm um, half the time. I just don't think he's interested anymore, really, in playing football. <laughs> I mean, I've got another player in my mind that I can compare him to, but you know, I'm not going to get into that too much. I feel as if at this point, his missus is showing more passion than him, and this is coming from a Martial <laughs> fan, but um. Me personally, I'm tired of defending Martial. Obviously, I'll, I'll do it for for agenda purposes. But um, I feel as if at this point, it might be the best for for all parties if um, he looks somewhere else. Obviously, the season is not done yet, um, and there's still a lot that could change. But I feel as if he's been here long enough to kind of establish himself. And if we're getting to the point where we're still questioning Martial, then it kind of tells you where he's at. In his Manchester United yeah. career, but don't you um, think um, Martial's played a risky game with his career, where he sometimes he's left wing, sometimes he's striker, and as a footballer, he probably did what Phil Walker did, where he started right wing his whole career, and then he wanted to go up straight. And yeah. managers are just going to keep moving you around, and you're never going to find a position where you can develop. Yeah, he's just he's just not nailed the position. That's the problem because obviously when he first came, he initially started up front, and then Van Gaal kind of moved him to the left wing, and he did really well on the left wing um, for a certain period, and then obviously Oli 
when he came in, played them up front and he had a decent season, obviously scoring over 20 goals, but then he never really built on that. So it's almost like you're trying to accommodate him and find his best position. But he's 25 years old. You shouldn't be looking for his best position. He should have nailed his best position. So again, I think, I think, I think that kind of highlights um, where he kind of is, but I don't know if people feel good. Am I right by saying though he did come to United as a striker though? I mean, yeah, like I said, yeah, when he when he first came in, he he was played up front and then um mm. and how moved him out wide to the left, um, right? And to be fair, he's probably he's probably our best on the left because we didn't have a natural winger, so he's probably the only person not seen that could take people on one v one. Um, but yeah, yeah, he was a striker went to a winger and then went back to the striking position. But yeah, I, don't, I don't even know if he's got a definitive position at this point in time. And I can't even say he's a striker or a winger. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. But um, yeah, but a guy that I want to talk about is Donny Van der Beek. He came on second half, scoring his first goal since his debut against Crystal Palace. In the is that his first minute. goal since? That's, since that game, since his debut. That's uh, crazy, isn't it? Just wow. <laughs> it's a bit mad. I still think it's crazy. He's thank Oli for that. Again. But yeah, I mean, Oli's got his knack for it. I've seen it a few times this season, and even before that, he brings. He seems to bring on the right type of players to change a game or to do something anyway. And really? Again, it works. Yeah, I've seen that a few times, man. From Oli? From Oli? Are you man. sure? Come on, come on, man. Oli, Dami, can you? Uh, can you? Can you? Uh... You, you are harsh. Ollie's game, Ollie's game management is terrible. I'll tell it's, you that. For, I'll tell you that for free. In 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 the Europa League final year, he made no subs until I think it was a hundred. Yeah, if there's a further expl- if there's a great example of Ollie's in-game management, watch that Europa League final. And look at substitutions. No, it's, no, it's not one of our many. No, it's not one of because it's that's not. a final. That's a final that yeah, the whole world is watching. And you decided to leave an injured player on to be the whole game and take a penalty. You know, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it was Only just highlighted because it was just highlighted because it, everyone saw it in the final. But trust me, if you remain knife and then then you've seen it week in, week out. Does he not look like Oli? Like he doesn't he doesn't look like a manager, he looks like he's doing a watch along on the side. He looks he like a look fan like a... that's watching yeah. the game on his iPad. No game management. Mm. He didn't do, I, I don't know. Mean. I mean, I if someone wants to try and convince that. me that Oli's a good in-game manager, please tell me, but I, I, I won't listen to you. I wouldn't say he fully is, but I've definitely seen him make some substitutions where it has changed the game, benefited you guys. Definitely. No, he has, he has, but it's like, that's probably a handful of times. Um, yeah, game game management's never been this <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> but I can't, I can't, I can't co-sign that. Huh? It's not easy. I said being a United fan ain't easy, man. You guys, <laughs> you, you ask for a lot. <laughs> I tell you. I just like, want to. Com- I, I don't ask for much. I just ask for a bit of competency and just a manager can actually coach his team and get the best out of the players. And mm. obviously, Oli couldn't do that at least for a consistent period. Mm, so. No doubt. Talking on going back into talking about Donny, Donny Van der Beek, how did he play coming off the bench? You felt, um, Aiden, what, what would you like to say about Donny? Donny's a very, very good footballer, very intelligent, mm. came from the Ajax Academy, knows how to play football, and he also knows how to play in multiple positions. 
as they taught him there. And whenever he comes on the yeah. pitch, he knows exactly what to do. And it's it's actually surprising because he doesn't play a lot of football. And when he comes on, he looks so fit, so smart, and he gels with the players around him. So it just shows his quality. But obviously, Oli doesn't know how to use technical, smart, intelligent footballers. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Um, another player also I wanted to talk about was Sancho. Um, Martin, have you caught the game? How did you feel Sancho played, so especially starting that game? If Mo's there. If not Mo, how do you feel about Sancho? Um, I think that was a, it was a difficult game to judge him in because no one played well that game, mm. to be honest. So it's, it's it's almost like you're just kind of, I don't know, kind of looking for light at the end of the tunnel. Um, yeah, like I said, I didn't watch the full game. I didn't really see much of Sancho. Um, but I feel as if that can be attributed to, to every player. Um, but I think that's kind of been the story of Sancho this season. Um, mm. I feel as if we can't really judge him maybe towards the latter stages of the season and maybe next season when we have a little bit more structure and when we've actually got a, a manager in. But um, yeah. Would you uh, agree? Would, would, sorry, just to cut you off there. Would you agree that there was a bit more of a brighter spark to him in that game though? Because, I mean, he did make the assist of the assister to um, Donny. Um, yeah. It was a good cross. It was a good cross. By yeah, him. it shows Obviously. you that when he actually plays with ballers, then you see the best of Sancho. Um, mm. I, I just don't feel as if we we play in a team that can get the best out of him. Um, mm. I feel as if, like I've mentioned in the past, I feel as if Manchester United are a very injured, um, individualistic team um, when we're playing under Oli. So at least um, if you're not a player that can... Um, uh, create something out of nothing, then it's going to be very difficult for you to to prosper in this team. Um, so yeah, he's been good in spurts, but nothing that can say that you know I've been ultimately impressed. But I'm not worried about Sancho. Mm. I'm just I just I'm just waiting for a, an actual coach to to come in and 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 improve him. Yeah, I do get that. I hear that. Uh, Mo, are you there? Mo's gone. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. You looking yeah. for Arteta or something? What the hell? <laughs> no, sorry, sorry. <laughs> it's because I, I didn't know it was on me. My bad. Go ahead. I'm literally going to throw this at you. I want you to help me with this one because Harry Maguire. Cool. Right. He gets a yellow card in the 61st minute, right? After bringing down Saw, it was crazy. He could have, he got lucky. He got lucky that it wasn't a penalty, but I felt like his luck didn't run much in that game. He then got a second yellow card for bringing down Cleverly due to his heavy touch. What is going wrong with Harry Maguire? Could you help well, me I think it's well? just uh, shirking some responsibility, to be, to be frank with you. I, 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 there mm. were rumours going around that he's tired of, of the pressure that comes with being the captain of Manchester United. Um, I just think that he just quit from being frank with you. That's that's how it looked like to me. I mean, you're an experienced international. You know you can't afford to get a second yellow card there. Your team is under the cosh. I just don't understand it. The only conclusion I can come up with is that he just he just he didn't want to be there. That's the only thing mm. I can think of, honestly. Yeah, it's it's weird, man. I mean, Dami, you being a United fan, Harry Maguire, man. Like, I'm sorry, you're losing that game. You know, I mean, I think at that point you're two 0 down. 
Harry Maguire. Like it's silly. It's silly stuff from your captain, surely. It it doesn't it doesn't actually make any sense what he's doing, and you can't use injuries because he does this a lot in his time Man United where he just does things that you're not supposed to do. Like I don't understand what the touch. I don't understand why he took a touch. I don't understand where he was going with the ball there. Then over he overhit the, his own touch. Next thing you know, he's bringing the player down. If you watch against I think Southampton early in the season, he was doing the same stuff. He's been doing this for three years, and I don't understand why his performances are so much better for. Um, for England I know this happens a lot because that's what a lot of players do but I just don't understand it he's like a completely different person and he, it's, it's, it's baffling to me and if he carries on we're going to have to look again at new cent- another new centre-back it's, it's a problem in itself having to get new ones because Varane is always injured but if he carries on like that we're going to need to get another new centre-back because he can't keep carrying on in that vein of form in my opinion yeah it is worrying to see Maguire man I mean, I mean there was this whole big hype about him wasn't it and then he doesn't seem to, I mean, I don't feel like he's ever really filled that shoes he came with when he came to you guys. I mean, maybe... There's always going to be hype attached to Maguire because of the price tag. It's, he's always going to have yeah. that, that scrutiny against him. Um, yeah. I, I, um, I'm I, not going to say I'm a fan of Harry Maguire, but I'm, <laughs> I'm not as... Um, I'm not ready to, to, to crucify him like other Manchester United fans. Um, Would you sell him? Crucify him. I, I, I wouldn't sell him just for the simple fact that we've spent eight million pounds. <laughs> um, so you kind of have to persevere to to a point, to a point, because if this carries on, then you might have to. But yeah, it, it, has, if, it has to be like like absolutely mad mad yeah. performances. Like like you just said, it's 80 million, so he's not really can't really just throw that down the drain. He has to be an absolutely terrible rich train of form for you to want to get rid of him is he not doing that right now that's what i have to um I, I have to say something i was lying i am a half fan of harry Maguire. i just don't want to say it live on uh live on there <laughs> um but i'm i will i will say while he's not the greatest defender far from it because obviously you're looking at players at the upper echelons of um centre-backs obviously you've got Van Dyke's and the Diaz's of this world obviously Maguire's not at that level but I feel as if and don't no one sh- kill me when I say this I feel as if he's England's best defender what? while he's a good while he's um, while he's not a bad player he's just in bad form bad form for three years so, oh, oh. Nah, he hasn't been this bad for three years. Not to the level he's he's been showing this season. Yeah, but it's not consistent. Like he he he's, he's working. He's he seems like a liability. Like when it's going well, it's going well. But when it's even just mediocre, he just seems like the type of player that's going to put you in a really bad situation, time and time again. And and I think he proves that. Like I I is that captain worthy at the same nah, he's no nah, he's not he's, he's he never should have been given the captain's armband in the first place and i feel as if that's been to his own detriment because i feel as if it's kind of added that extra bit of a responsibility and i almost feel like sometimes he has to overcompensate because he feels yeah. as if he's taken on the mantle but he's never been that guy and i feel i kind of slyly blame ollie for that for putting him in that position because obviously some may United fans that i've conversed with have said who could you really give the captaincy to but obviously you had the hay up it was probably the standout, but um, yeah, I feel as if we kind of need to give it a season before we can really judge Harry Maguire. But if this carries on, then yeah, I can't even co-sign it anymore. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's def- it's definitely going to be more um, eyes on Maguire from now on. I think now, I mean, it's 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 terrible to see that from your captain. I mean, losing the game, you don't want to see your captain getting sent off. Like it's not definitely. And they're getting uh, high fived. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, not give them high yeah. five. Okay, on the measure. How are you high five? Oh, how are you yeah, doing? It's, it's very, you know what very, he is. Very you know what he is. He's just an enabler of these things. Like he's just an enabler. Mm. He's not helping the situation. But um, yeah, yeah I think true. what might be telling is when Varane came in. It kind of highlighted it. Like kind of showed you levels. Like while I wrote Maguire, he's not levels. Like I mentioned, he's not the upper echelons of centre back. Oh. So I think the fact that we got Varan, and everyone knows how good Varan is. It kind of, yeah, it kind of showed Maguire's deficiencies as a result. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Obviously, you see, you could see that the impact that happened once Maguire came off. Obviously, Watford went to go score their third goal through Pedro in the ninety-second uh, minute, and then shortly after was Dennis. I mean, I got to give out a special shout out to Dennis. I think he had an absolutely amazing game. Um, I think he came out with. Two assists and a goal. So, I mean, yeah, he he was the bright spark for Watford. I mean, definitely special shout out to him. Um, um, Aiden, did you see much of the game? Did you see Dennis at all as well? Like, do you do you agree? He was pretty much. The, I saw the, the last spark 10, of that game. I saw the last 10, 15 minutes, and yeah, and I watched the highlights. Um, he got two goals, one assist, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he played well against Everton. I don't know how old he is, but I think he's quite young. I think he's twenty three years old, but. He's slowly and surely getting better. Yeah, I'm telling definitely. you right now, yeah. Main eyes defense <laughs> is so poor that every media, and this is no damning on Dennis because he might be a decent player, but you don't even have to be a decent player to uh, to ball out against Manchester United just for the simple fact that we are so static defensively, so we will let you play. So any media midfielder will at world class. <laughs> I'm, t- <laughs> I'm telling you that for a fact. Like <laughs> So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm not discounting Dennis, but I feel as if it was more Manchester United being bad than Dennis being spectacular, in my opinion. Fair point, fair point, fair point. Uh, Just a quick question, just a throw. Uh, Just want a name to the United fans. Now that Oli's gone, who is your ideal manager? Tell me you go first. Ooh, well, I've been advocating for Poch, but I'd like Ten Hag, but... Obviously, if you're going by recent reports, Poch seems to be the favourite. Um, honestly, I just, like I mentioned earlier, I just want a competent coach that can actually coach these players mm. and get the best out of them. But if you were, if it's put a gun in my head, I'd probably pick Ten Hag. Okay. Okay. How about you, Dami? Um, I think I'd go Ten Hag because I like the patterns of play. Like the formation and tactics, but I'm hearing Poch is probably the most likely one, so I'll take that too. I think the thing with Poch is I think it's PR that's always the problem, and I think once people get into their heads and start listening to the media and they overdo it, I do agree that Poch has bottled maybe one or two finals. I'd agree with that because then end well the Champions League final. I think he made a couple of or once playing Harry Kane was a bad decision considering Lucas got them there, but you know what I mean. I think he. Overall, has done a great job at Tottenham. And I do think people just let these agendas run fly. Like, he made Tottenham relevant and he kept them relevant for about four or five years. I don't think you understand how mad that is that he did that. He had them beating the big teams. I mean, sorry to interrupt you. He he took them from being a mid-table side to to competing with the top four teams. Um, And 
to to the the trophy argument, is that a is that a Pochettino problem? Is that a Spurs problem? It's a Spurs problem. Was he overachieving with them? He, he had like 12, oh. he, had, he, had, he had twelve players or twelve or thirteen credible players, and then as just a few other meaty ones, the semi-meaty ones, in my opinion. So you, I don't really know what you expected him to do. If he went for the FA Cup and Carling Cup, which I do think he should have, it could have jeopardized their league form. So overall, I just feel like PR always runs wild in football. It's like Valverde. I would take him. It's just his PR at Barcelona wasn't great because it, it was a shit show there. But that's not his fault because the club was already sinking so I just feel like football fans need to use their brains before they just start saying all these wild things because we'll end up with character at the end of the season and nobody wants that I will e- say one thing about E-man, that. sorry E-man I feel like Kiana had something to say she was making a lot of sound effects earlier okay what I was making sound effects oh no no I I, I, I if you're asking about coaches I'm not gonna put my two cents in because I really I really, I really feel like you guys, no matter who the coach is, you have a squad that is not really much of a project, in my opinion. So I don't know if you necessarily need a, a coach that has a pedigree. You you need someone who has uh, a specific, I don't know, a personality, like a, a style and play that they want to utilize with these players. Like they're not, I don't feel like they're a bunch of um like egos there you you have a squad mm. that is not going to let uh, how, how should i describe you you guys have the tools you just need someone who knows how to use tools and then it's just going to work with with your squad it's not a project like i i hear the same things you guys hear about pochettino but there's like a lot of pieces in place i think that have to happen in the interim for that to even happen so if everyone's thinking it's going to happen like right away I don't think it's going to happen right away so in the meantime are these players actually going to take some type of responsibility for the the level that they do have and are they going to do something with them I don't know but I I just think you just need to get someone in there who's going to have a plan in mind for for bringing out the best in each of these players to make them play as a system so I think if you get a system, you guys will be fine. And do I want to see that happen as a Liverpool supporter? I don't know. But I, like I said, I love the game and <laughs> so annoying watching you guys. Like, my God, like you, the amount of attacking options that you have. Yeah, the, the defense is probably the weakest and that Fred McTominay pairing is is a disaster. But um, you guys have the tools. I'm, I wouldn't be too worried if if the players don't want to play that's a whole other different story but i to me i think they want to play i think we just need mm. to find a coach that can identify the tools at his disposal as piana said and just make it work make it work because you, you look at Tuchel when he came into chelsea like he did the exact he did exactly that he identified the players he put them in a system where extension weights their qualities and has their weaknesses um so yeah get get a manager in that just knows what they're doing Right. Simple, simply put, just get a manager who's who shows a bit of competency and can get these players really playing or can coach these players properly. I, I do I do feel like Poch is kind of a good fit for you guys. I, I mean, being a Tottenham fan, obviously seeing what Poch did, I mean, obviously, you know, I, I, I've got my kind of half-half opinions about Poch. I mean, yes, he did bring us to a level where now we expect the same sort of level that we want from Tottenham now, moving forward. 
But there will always be that question, the fact that he never won anything. I mean, he had the best Tottenham team for a long period of time, like for years or God knows when the last time we actually looked that good, that era. And he still couldn't manage to get anything from that team. So it's, I don't know whether or not it's a Tottenham DNA or the players don't seem to be able to get over that hurdle or it's just a potch thing. We don't know. I mean, this PSG is a good test for him. Seems to be doing very well. Seems to be doing okay. Champions League is another question. But yeah, I mean, if, if he does look to leave PSG, I, I, I mean, I, I don't think going to Man United would be a bad decision for him. I think that would be a good fit for you guys, definitely. It might take with Poch. Does it quickly? Does it does it worry mm. anyone that he's is he willing to leave mid season? Because it, it, it does worry me. Worried about that. Me. I don't like this. Can you almost question his mentality? Because obviously the consensus around yeah, PSG that he's managing big egos. Obviously you've got Neymar and Mbappe and yeah. and Messi. Does does that have to be taken into consideration as well? Like I'm I'm a bit worried about that. I can't lie. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I think at PSG he received a two and a half year contract. And yeah. he knows if he fails at PSG, he's out yeah. the door. He knows yeah. if he fails at Man United, he's probably going to get another three year contract. I think I think he knows that he will fail there. That's the thing. I think he knows that there is. I think there's a slim chance of him maybe succeeding, but he just sees the way they're going. I think because winning the league at PSG and then winning their domestic cup is nothing anymore, is it? Like the main thing for him to do is to win that Champions League, and if he doesn't do that within the year or two, you know, we have to say it's a it's a failure because that is what the owners want. That's Champions League. So I think there's a slim bit of him that does think he will fail. That's why he's probably quick to shift ships in a way. And he can stay at PSG. And he can stay at PSG. I mean, that's the same thing that a lot of us Tottenham fans are saying. If he has any element of doubt, then maybe he's not ready for a job of that magnitude. Mm, If this is how he's going to react to adversity. Yeah. Kiana, sorry, did you want to say something then? Oh, no, I was just going to ask if... if Tayo is opposed to Pochettino. I don't think I don't think he's running away from PSA to him. No, so you know I'm not opposed to to Poch. I just thought um, I was just asking the question because obviously that's that's what has been reported. I'm just thinking what top level manager would leave mid season. Um, I don't know. Questions have to be asked, but no, I'm not opposed to it. Like I mentioned no, in the beginning, I'm I advocated for Poch. Like I I wanted Poch two, three years ago. I'd even go as far as saying three, four years ago. Um, I think he would have been more suited. I think the same, I think the rhetoric that we use to praise Ollie, you can, you can use the same, you can apply it to Poch as well. Um, obviously the biggest thing that he's a better coach, but yeah, um, I think the time is a bit funny because I'd have done it a couple of years ago, but yeah, I'll, I'll still take him. I'll still take him. Yeah, I, I think know, I, think... I would him. I, I if I was back, I'd go to Manu at this point too. It's to me, it's almost like if you look at the squad that PSJ has, like wh- what of that squad do you attribute to Poch? It's like he's there. He has a, a sign. Uh, he he has assigned to him a team that is as stacked mm. as I think it possibly could be. What like mm. is that because of him? I don't think so. I think if he goes to Manu or takes the opportunity to go to Manu, there's so many things he can get recognition for at that t- time at that team at, at that time with that team like he he can 
to me, when when Ronaldo came, I kind of just saw a shift in how Greed's performance was. Like, you guys just still have so many things to work with that he can polish off and just improve. Like, I don't know if some some coaches are like that. They'll just stick around and just be like, okay, I have a winning squad. Everything's working. But if you have a squad that could possibly become better underneath your your um, your guidance, then I would I would move to that. And it's in the EPL for sure. I think that does way more for Poch than what Peixe will will do for his career. Like like I said, you guys have mm. the tools, and there's so many things that just a new manager coming in at this time. Like it, it's all about time uh, timing as well. Like I think it's a great move for him to do it. It's just inopportune for the team, but for for both teams because it's just like a rough transition. I think, but the next person going in for Peixe, it's going to be a smooth ride. I think, and the the criticism will probably more fall on the Eagles on PSA than I think it will be the coach. And then, like I said, I think it will be a better fit for Poch in terms of turning something around, but it's not that much work, if you get what I mean. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's a fair point. No, fair point. Fair point as well. I mean, Dami, did you want to add anything about Poch coming to your team? Um, no, I, I'm... Like I said, I don't believe all the hype and I have my own thoughts. I think he'll be quite good. And I feel like it's, I wouldn't say the perfect fit, but I think, I, re- I reckon it can work. And I, and I believe there's a gap in this market in the Premier League. I think Arsenal, with Arteta, are on the come up. I still think Arsenal need to buy a few more better players to be able to lift mm. the current crop that they've currently got. Because I reckon there's a good bunch there. And I think Arteta needs to, actually, I feel like Arteta's doing well. In terms of right now, so but forgetting that, there's a gap in the market, in my opinion, in the sense that Klopp is going to be leaving soon, in my opinion, and Pep is going to be leaving soon, in my opinion. I reckon they will do. I reckon I don't think they'll be here in the next three years. So if that is the case, I believe that the league is now open, and that is a gap for Man United and for Arsenal and you, for Tottenham. Do you think so? But Dami, that's that's you that's exactly what I've been saying over the last couple of months. When I say that I believe Arsenal can win the title uh, within three years. I'm only saying that because Klopp and Pep are leaving in uh, by 2023, 2024, I believe. I think, mm. so, it's all about timing. I think a lot yeah. is dependent on who comes in as well because yeah. I presume that City will have a good um, succession plan. But, but it's, but um, no, the thing with what Mo was saying, it's not necessarily about succession plan. It's more to do with the fact that Klopp and Pep are dominant managers, meaning every single year near enough, obviously they've had a blip last season, but every single year, their first, second, first, second, first, second. I don't mm. think there's any managers in the world right now, maybe Conte, but he's at Spurs, that can do that, which means that in the years when maybe a Ten Hag has a dodgy season or whether Liverpool's successor is has a dodgy season, I mean, either an Arsenal or a Tottenham can win the league in those years. Yeah, there's a part of it that needs to be filled. I think that's what Dami's trying to say and, yeah. and I totally agree. Fair enough. Um, but, but just getting back on the United the managerial post, um, I think Pochettino isn't completely happy in Paris. Um, it's because he's not really in control of everything like he was at Spurs. I think it's a bit similar to Wenger in that sense. Um, some managers tend to need that to, to be completely happy. Um and I think at Manchester United, he would have that. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if he was willing to leave Paris mid-season to go to Old Trafford. Um, I'm not sure if United uh, have him at the top of their list. But yeah, I think Pochettino isn't completely happy um, in France because of that. Um, he doesn't really get much say in their decisions. And, uh, you know, those Paris uh, uh, dressing room egos can be very difficult to manage as well. Uh, but me personally, I, you know... For me, I think Graham Potter would actually be a great coach uh, for United. I know it's a risk, um, and you've taken one with uh, David Moyes before, and, and and I understand that you kind of got burned with that one. But 
I really think uh, Potter is a, is going to be a great manager. Um, I think he deserves an opportunity. I don't know if United will go for him, but if I was in charge at United, I, I would just uh, take my my chances with him. To be honest, um, what he's done at Brighton, I think it's is very very impressive, and uh, he's still relatively young. And I like his ideas of football and his philosophy. And yeah, I, I'm a big fan. I just thought I'd just thought I'd just throw that out there. No, I'm a. I'm a big fan of Potter, but I feel as if the, that job is way too soon for him. Like I said, the, the job at Man United is one of huge magnitude. And while you've done a good job at Brighton, it, it's Brighton. It's, it's, it's Brighton. So let's, let's contextualise it a little bit. Um, I still feel as if he needs a little bit more mileage on the clock. I would say maybe he could go to a mid-table club. I think I mentioned it in a previous podcast. Maybe it might be better for him to go to like a mid-table club, maybe like an Everton, mm. or a club in that ilk where he can play his trade, um, where the expectation is not as high because Manchester mm. United, for what we're looking for now, I don't think Potter has the right mentality. You kind of want, you kind of want a ready, a ready-made top-class manager. I think that's, you, you know I mean? It would suit United at this period of time. You know, yeah. kind of like the hot, hot, hot prospect, kind of like, you know what I mean? Hot, he's hot right now. And Poch is one of those managers. And it makes sense. I mean, it definitely does make sense. But um, not talking too much on that. Let's uh, move on. Man United show today. <laughs> I knew this was going to happen with all United fans on it. I knew that. I knew that today. But uh, moving swiftly on to the next game of topic, we've got Leicester versus Chelsea. Chelsea were without their main man, Lukaku, and Leicester were on a run of four games without a win in all comps. That's uh, very, very disappointing to see from Leicester, from the team of Leicester that happened. Um, they showed performances from last season. But um, Chelsea took the lead from a corner, headed by Rudiger on the 14th minute. Um, looking into the research, I've actually researched that this was the fifth goal Leicester has conceded from headers and crosses in the box. I mean, what is going wrong with Leicester defensively? Um, I'll throw this at Mo. Could you help me out here? Sorry, can you repeat that question? I was just saying, basically, I researched how um, Leicester have conceded five goals from um, headers and crosses into the box. What is going wrong defensively for them? I think they missed Fofana. I think he was, um, despite his young age, I think he was such a such a key member for them uh, in terms of organizing the back line. Um, I think he's definitely a big miss. Um, so yeah, I think I would just attribute that to, to 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 that first and foremost. But also because I just feel like at the moment they're lacking confidence. Um, they lost to um, Arsenal at home, and uh, they they have had a terrible start to the season. And and you know when you lack confidence and you have uh, injuries at the back, I think these kind of things can happen. Yeah, no, no doubt. He is a big miss. You can see, you see that. He is definitely a big miss. Um, Leicester, this season, um, I'm afraid it's at Dami. What have you taken with Leicester this season before we get into the game? You know what? It's, it's quite depressing when you watch them play because I generally expected them to actually semi-fully challenge. And given the context of how Man United have been this season as well, you would have really thought that if you knew that Man United were going to be this bad, 
Leicester would be mm. guaranteed the top four. If if Leicester were like the Leicester of last season or before, I know they have flopped off in the end. I would have put them down as full place guaranteed. But they're atrocious. They can't defend. Scoring goals is a bit hicky hagger. Their midfield they get dominated. Smackle isn't really saving um shots as much as he was before. I don't really know what's going on. And I think it's actually got to do with Brendan Rogers. I just feel like when he's at a job it starts to fizzle out after a certain point in time. And like, it could be a case of he, um, the job has gone on far enough for him. He's taken them to the max that he can and he needs a new challenge. And the only problem with that is is that he will probably get the main night job if I say that. So there's the problem. God forbid. God forbid. <laughs> God forbid. But, um, <laughs> but, that's funny, that is funny. But who knows exactly, who knows. But then um, seeing, moving on, obviously, Chelsea doubled their lead in the 28th minute with um, Conte. Um, wow, what a goal. What a goal. I mean, the run. I think we've seen Conte do similar <laughs> Kante things. Kante finally decided he's sorry. a box-to-box midfielder. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kante, sorry. Yeah. Kante, yeah. He literally, we've seen him score similar goals like that before. But, man, Kiana, can you help me describe that goal? That was just amazing. Oh yeah, that was insane. I think he it was almost just after the the circle at half. He he just looked so composed and just went straight straight to the to the box and just took a shot. Like we know Conte can shoot. That's that's a no like we know that, but just his his composure and he just looked like he was determined that that game. I think what I also um noticed was missing with that Leicester midfield was Telemans like Telemans I don't know sometimes I forget that he's there but when but but that's just because it's almost like he keeps the the game flowing and we, prior to the injury he he was scoring so I think um he was missed as well uh because the midfield just kind of ran through um Leicester and that goal was like one of the results of that so I I love Conte who doesn't love Conte to be honest but um he he had a great match as he usually does, but that goal was, I think, telling of the the bossing of the the midfield for for Chelsea. They definitely ran over Leicester. Yeah, no, no doubt. And you made a great point there, Telisman. Yeah, he, he definitely was missing for Leicester in that midfield. You could definitely see that. Um, yeah, moving on as well, uh, we saw a combination of um, substitutions working together, scoring Chelsea's third goal in that game with Zinich and. Polizic finishing the game at 3-0. Chelsea, man, um, I have to admit, they look scary. Not having Lukaku and beating Leicester 3-0. <laughs> that is scary to see. I mean, Tawa, do you agree? Like, um, Yeah, obviously this reads to say that Chelsea play better football without, um, without Timberland boots. But... Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm guys. I'm a fan of Lukaku, by the way. Um, so again, 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 again. I'm a. Did you hear what I just said? I'm a fan of Lukaku, so don't misconstrue my words. Um, I just feel as if Chelsea are get um playing to Lukaku's strengths. Simply put, um, but yeah, no. I mean, Chelsea looks really good. Um, I can't lie. I don't care much for Ziyech and and, and Pulisic. Um. <laughs> ZH especially because he came with such hype and he's, he's not lived up to that hype so um, I'll be lucky he'd be lucky if he makes it past the season I think Chelsea probably sell him um, and end the season um, 
but yeah, no, Chelsea are a very scary prospect. Like I said, they they were my picks at the start of the season. Obviously, my my picks change week on week, but obviously mm-hmm. Chelsea seems to be getting better and better. And I did say when people were kind of criticising them for chance creation, I did attribute that to just players been out of form. But I think as the season goes on, then players will find their form. Um and their performances will improve as a result. And I think that also includes Lukaku. I think once you put Lukaku into the mix and you play to his strengths, then, then yeah, it's, it's Chelsea are going to be a, a monster. Yeah. Create a chance for Lukaku. You create a chance for Lukaku, he's putting it away. He's putting it away, man. That's at least yeah. 25, 30 goals. Can you all hear me? Yeah, yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Listen, Chelsea cannot be allowed to win the league, man. A team whose defenders are the top scorers. Like, if Liverpool and Man City allow this, they'll never, they'll never lift the line. No, Mo, James just scored again. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. Like, like even today in the Champions League, that their, their centre-back scored, and now you're telling me Reese James scored. Does this, does this not show what Chelsea are doing very well? And that's their full-backs. It, it, it surely is, isn't it? Like, Chilwell, James. Like, what are they doing that's, that's clicking for them? I feel like their fullbacks are big. They're imitating, yeah. they're imitating Liverpool. That's what they're doing. Oh, Keanu, don't do that. But Iman, Iman, I think. But it is. I think we mentioned. I think Chilwell mentioned it. I think we we um mentioned it in an earlier mm. pod. Um, I mm. think I think Jules was the one that said it. Um, that Tuchel coaching the defenders to score goals and was it the forwards to defend? So. Yeah, I think it's it's testament to, to what Tuchel's done with that Chelsea team and, and the system and uh the mm. way he's got them playing. But yeah, man, if you if you watch the fullbacks, they they bomb forward, man. Every time I look at Chilwell, he's he's taking a shot on sight. So yeah, man, two huge. good finishes as well. They've yeah, got very good finishes. Reese James for me, um, while I, I I rate Trent highly, I think Reese James is is the most balanced right back. Um oh yeah. I knew you were going to say that. I mean, are you going to contest that? I mean, like I said, I put Trent up there, but Reese James has to be in that conversation also. Oh, I'm not saying yeah, he does, so but are you saying that he's better than he's, you're saying that he's better? I think he's a more balanced right back where he might not give you as much um, from an attacking output. He'll give you more defensively than what Trent offers you. That, don't do that because if you look at the stats, they're very, very close. Why do why do people do this? He's a more balanced right back. He's a more balanced right back, but obviously you got to put Trent up there because of what he gives you from an attacking sense. Yeah, but I feel like it's also a bit unfair though because um, Reese James at all times plays with three other central defenders at the back, and Trent True. only True. has two guys at the back, right? So yeah, Reece back free tax, definitely. He's got that defensive security, right? So I would like to see Reese James as a fullback in a four four two. And then if he still has a similar attack in that point, then, then you can say he's more on chance level. I mean, me personally, I understand that um, Reese James has the two-way argument, you know, defending and attacking. But I just feel like Trent brings so much to the game that it's, I don't know, I just feel like it's a bit disrespectful to Trent to put anyone else on his level, in my opinion. But I understand people see it differently. But Mo, couldn't you say that I the system... Couldn't you say that the system that Liverpool play also protects Trent where he's able to contribute so much attacking wise because that's let's, 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 not, let's not get to, let's not get into this one this is a question that i wanted to throw in i, I was dragged into it man i, I, I look, like, i'm just let's, I'm, let's keep that one i'm just, that's defend, I'm, just I'm just defending myself man okay I, I don't want to talk about this 
put a, put a pin in it. I could talk about it. I could talk about Let's it. Talk. We got we got Liverpool have had to talk about that one. We'll talk about that when we get to Liverpool's game. Um, Aiden, can you sh- what's going on with Leicester? I mean, what's what went wrong for them in that game? Could you could you let me know? Um, I think it's just reached the end of Brendan Rodgers' cycle. He's fallen out with James yeah. Madison as the start of last season, and then he signed players which are because Leicester look to develop players and get better players and the players they sign always become better year by year but he signed players which are not very good like Iosi Perez I don't think he's a good footballer at all for Leicester City Vestergaard absolutely no use and it's just stagnated and one thing I don't understand is why he's not playing Patson Dakar I think Vardy's age has hit him and now he's just reached this Ronaldo prestige where he just plays because his name's Jamie Vardy and he should be starting because Patson Dakar has that pace which is what they used to feed off Vardy. Thank you. Mm, what, does, mm. what does Daka have to do? Like, I don't, that's not fair at all. He should be playing. Starting. I think he needs a British passport. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that, that English tax is very strong, but um, even looking at Leicester's starting 11, I wasn't a big fan of of the starting 11. Obviously, you, you're not starting Daka, but you're starting Lookman, Albrighton. Yeah, I, I just don't know. Lookman, I feel as if I feel as if I, I, I thought Lookman had a good game. I think I he's a good. Yeah. Oh, look, no, don't get me wrong. Lookman's a very good player. I rate Lookman, but obviously, when, him, you've play, yeah. when you've got players like Dakar and um, who else was on the bench, um, Madison, Nacho, Madison. I feel as if <sighs> Rogers opted for a pragmatic approach. I don't rate against Chelsea. Him. I, I don't think I'm he's a good footballer. Who don't you rate? Who's that, sorry? Lookman, I think he's just another Reese Nelson where he's gone in these loan spells and people think he's going to become good, but I really, I don't see anything in him. I think uh, Brian Sassinger at, at Tottenham has a lot more in him. Wait, so you, oh, don't wow. think that Lookman, you don't think that Lookman had a good, a, despite them losing, you don't think that he was playing well? Oh, no, no, I'm not saying he didn't play well. I just don't rate him as a footballer. How old is he now? Is he 23? He's 23, right? Need to cross-check that. Uh... Yeah, he's in his early 20s. See, Definitely. he's in he's in his early twenties. He still hasn't found a club. He's still twenty four. Settled anywhere. Twenty four. Oh wow! That's even worse. Look at him. He's lying to people. People think he's nineteen. Like, he's not nineteen. Guys. He's twenty four. Hey, let's not do that. Let's not do that. Let's not. Do that. No, some problems. <laughs> some problems. Brainwash people. People think they're nineteen. Yeah. They're not nineteen. But I think I think the point was Kian I was making is that com- like f- compared to what they had on the bench, you know, I feel as if Rogers could have been a little bit more proactive in his team um his team selection. Um, and I think it, yeah, I think he, he suffered for it. Yeah, they were they were just sloppy. Like, for it. I don't know what what Daka has to do to start. I wanted to see what he was going to bring to the squad, and, and and I don't know who mentioned it, but Vardy just he just starts to start. It doesn't matter if he has a string of bad games. It's like he'll he'll he just has that position solidified no matter what, and I don't think that's fair. I, I don't understand what you're looking to do if he's not bringing anything to the table put somebody else out there give somebody else a chance it was just yeah like so i always true. forget that evans is on that team until something happens that's t- like it that results in a goal and then you just look and you see johnny evans i'm like oh my god he's still mm-hmm. playing for the squad he's a mess i don't think he's a good footballer at all johnny evans yeah i think that's a bit unfair kiana no, it's not. Look at him. As if um, he's, a, he's a decent defender and he's in his element. He's essentially the big fish in a small pond. But I don't think he's a terrible defender. I think he's a half decent defender. 
Batman. Yes. No, I mean not not everyone can be Van Dyke, but you know, let's just let's give some defenders credit, please. I'm going off of the match. We're talking about the match. If you tell me that he was great that match, I won't say anything. I didn't say he was great that match, but you can't you have to take it in isolation as well. You can't say because he had a bad match, he's a bad defender. Yep, he is. Well, yeah, I mean, Chelsea won that game, uh, dominated basically. Leicester, I mean, I've I, I watched the game, I didn't see much of Leicester. But, you know, it's, it's a shame what's going on with Leicester at the moment. Hopefully they, they sort of waken themselves up or some sort of get some sort of form going on. But uh, moving on anyway to the next big game, we witnessed Liverpool versus Arsenal. Arsenal had the opportunity to finish above Liverpool. Um, Jesus to get into the top four. I think that I've heard that was it's been a long time since Arsenal's ever been in the top four. <laughs> We've got some Arsenal fans in here today. Maybe not crucify them too much, but um, yeah, it was a it was a um, it was a telling game though, wasn't it? I mean, before Liverpool opened up scoring, we saw Ramsdale make a few good vital saves for you guys. I mean, let's go to one Arsenal fan, Mo. I mean, what are you? What's your take on Ramsdale for you guys at the moment? I think he's been a breath of, a breath of fresh air. Um, he's been absolutely mm. vital to, to what we're trying to do. Um, the way he allows us to play out of the back, his passion, his leadership, his organisation at the back, um, I think it's been a revelation for us. And uh, he kept us in the game the other day. Um, honestly, if it wasn't for him, we might have lost 6 or 7 nil. So, um, yeah, I'm very grateful to have them. <laughs> I heard that, Kiara, you know. I know, you're, I know you're itching to say something, but we're going to get to you soon. <laughs> but um, Aidy, you got anything else to add about Ramsdale? I'm actually surprised about how good he is. I don't know if it's because he's a boyhood Arsenal fan. That's maybe where the passion and desire is coming from. But I honestly did not expect him to be that good. So props to the kid and he's doing well. But hopefully, let's see how it goes. Because um, Leno was very good for his first 20 games while unbeaten. But mm. I think Ramsdale will be Arsenal's long-term keeper. Mm, mm. It's, a, it's a good shout I mean he looks he looks the part he definitely does look the part he shocked me I won't lie I think he I hope he gets the, the England role because I want Pickford out of goal that guy that midget needs to get out of England see I don't think it will be I don't think it will be, it'll be long to we see Ramsdale starting for England I, I don't think it will be I mean Pickford I mean I've always questioned his abilities as a goalkeeper I've never really rated him but I think Ramsdale's knocking around the, I think he's around the corner definitely knocking on the door no doubt no doubt. But um, obviously, Liverpool took the lead through Mane from a free kick from Trent. Um, it's a good free kick. I mean, it was a good first half for Liverpool, definitely. I mean, Keanu being the only Liverpool fan in there, what did you take about um, your team's first half display against Arsenal? Oh, I'm the only Liverpool supporter. Okay, no, that's all right. Um, I feel like Ramsdale always has a really great game against us. Like, uh, mm. it, it's just... We have a lot of attacking options and he just gets to showcase, I think, a lot of uh, his ability against us. Um, he had some really great, great saves. Um, I think for me, it more looked like the first 20, I'd say maybe like the first 15, 20 minutes. I was just like, OK, guys, let's let's get this going. Don't let Arsenal feel like they can get into the game because they're they're a young squad um, and they, they have some they have talent. But we we have. A more mature squad. I think we have where we tilt the scale a bit when it comes to uh, ability and attacking options. And I just didn't want Arsenal to feel like they could get in the game. And we just, I think, transitioned to be a lot more um, pressing and aggressive. And I think that kind of took 
that back line. I don't know. I wouldn't say by surprise, but they just were making some really, really juvenile mistakes, I think. And that I think goes back to the, their, their youth. Um, Mane, yeah, that, that header off of the free kick to start us off was, was fantastic. Perfectly placed, perfect timing. And again, I think it goes back, back to youth. Um, Joda in that game, I was happy with him starting over Firmino besides Firmino being, I think he's injured anyways, but, um, to me, we had a really good midfield pairing that supports that for those, those, um, attackers, uh, yeah them having to be a part of the play and, you know, they can mm. free up themselves and be a little bit less um, defensive, but right, uh, right. I know it was just, it, it was, it was a telling game. And I, I just, I would have been happy with five, six, but it just didn't work out for us. But um, I think out of the, the, the teams that are still having to um, work on themselves as a squad, I think Arsenal to me has, a little less pressure because of their youth. Um, mm. But they have a lot of, a lot, a lot of potential that, that game I expected to win. If we didn't win, I would, I wouldn't probably even be on right now with you guys. I would have been losing my mind, <laughs> but um, I'm, I'm happy with that win. And like our, our uh, Sala, Jota, um, Mane, they're, they all scored. And I expected that. Would you say, would you say that that should be your front free moving forward now? Um, not necessarily, um, because our midfield is kind of a mess right now with injuries. So if we have Fab and Tiago supporting in the midfield consistently healthy, I'm okay with those three. But then if we need help with the link, like the link up plays and um, supporting the midfield, then we need Firmino. So um, I don't know. Ox, Ox, I'm happy for Ox. He he got another match uh, under his belt. And again, with that pairing in the mid, I think it allows him to focus on just, just, just do the right thing, make the right plays. Cause with Ox, he's kind of all over the place sometimes, but it, it, if that pairing keeps him under manners, then I'm, I'm happy with him, him playing. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, I mean, talking about Jota, we saw, we saw some great, great feet and composure to double up your lead in the 57, um, 52nd minute after Arsenal giving the ball away. I mean, it was kind of, um, it was a disaster from Arsenal's side, wasn't it, throughout, that, throughout the game, really? Um, yeah, would you say fair. that? Oh, sorry. Yeah. No, no, carry on. Sorry, what you going to say? Oh, no, I was going to say, um, like, Tavares it should be credited with that assist for sure, because he just gave it right <laughs> to Jota. Jota was right there. But that goes to how we press as a team as well. Like we're in there. So if you're going to play from the back. You have to be really careful with our. our yeah, squad. no doubt. No doubt. I mean, I mean, did you see that game at all? I mean, what exactly were Arsenal trying to do? Did you, could you, could you let me know? To be fair, wait, I can't remember how the first goal, oh, it was the money one. But to be Mine fair, I feel, like Ars- I feel like Arsenal were actually decent in certain parts of it and it just kind of mm. collapsed. I don't know what Tavares was doing again. It also kind of settled again. I don't know what then Tavares was doing for the second goal. I think he was just being a headless chicken. Um, but yeah, I, I don't really, didn't really expect anything different. Like, Arsenal are not, nowhere near Liverpool's level. I'm not going to lie to you. Mm. But yeah, that's, not, that's not really the games that that's, only for banter reasons can you look at that game and laugh. If we're being real, you don't yeah. look at Arsenal's season and look at those ty- type of games and think that's what you're going to base a season on. They're going to be the game against Man United in two weeks. Is a game where you're going to look at Arsenal and think if they lose that, then there's a problem because Man United aren't 
certainly the best. I know that it's rivalry and everything, but they're two evenly matched teams in terms of performances or how the momentum is going. So that's where you'll judge them. Against Liverpool, against Man City, against Chelsea, I expect them to get pammed in all three games. Yeah, no, no doubt. I mean, Mo, do you, do you feel the same way? Do you think that you just went against a team that are just above you guys completely right now? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, yeah. I, I, listen, Liverpool are at a very high level. They're going to punish every mistake. Um, we had a young team out there. Obviously, it's not nice, nice to lose 4-0, but it, much of it was self-inflicted. I just think they had a bad day at the office. They just didn't defend very well. Lots of individual errors. I knew it was nerves when I saw um, Sambi Lakonga give the ball away three times in the space of five minutes without any pressure around them. So, um, you know, it's a young team and these things will happen, but I agree with Dami. Um, I don't expect much from Chelsea, um, City, and uh, Liverpool games. So I didn't honestly. I didn't really lose any sleep over losing at Anfield. Um, as long as we we get points from the other teams, which is what we've been doing, we're on track mm. for our objective, which is top four. Yeah. No, I mean no doubt. I think I think you have much more this season. Funny enough, I think you have much more of a better opportunity making top four, top six at least than my um, beloved Spurs. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think you guys are definitely a better unit than Spurs right now, currently. So you definitely have a better chance. Um, Arsenal are not getting the top four. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's that only uh, leaving uh, attitude, yeah? <laughs> I'm telling you, it was the only tax. Now that he's left, anything's possible. Yeah. You know, I'm kind of glad he's left, though, because I didn't want the United fans to use that as an excuse once we get top four. Oh, 100% so, I would use that as an excuse if we didn't get top so four. Now, <laughs> So now that Ole is gone, when Arsenal get top four, I wonder hear what the excuse will be. A lot of confidence, mate. When Arsenal get top four, you're probably the only Arsenal fan that will say that. Unless Aiden wants to, <laughs> unless Aiden wants to chime in. But no, no, no. Arsenal is not getting top four. They can go to a church on a Sunday. They can pray five times a day. They can rub the genie's lamp. They can sprinkle fairy dust. They're not getting top four. No way. <laughs> <laughs> At least he's honest, man. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't know. I was, I was, I was, um, I was conversing with a few Arsenal fans on Saturday, and a lot of them were quietly confident. I don't know where this newfound confidence came from. Maybe a few. What did I tell you, Tyler? Maybe a few one nil. Yeah, you're probably one of the rational ones, but there were a few. I said we were going to lose two nil. And there were a lot of Arsenal fans that said three two, and I was thinking, where's this confidence coming from? Um, I feel one nil victories, and you guys are. Are surging through the top four. I don't. I don't really see that happening. Um, I, honestly, I never saw anything other than that if Liverpool win. Yeah, that's um, what I'm saying. Like it doesn't impact our season in any way, shape, or form. Like what 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 was expected to happen on Saturday happened. So me, it doesn't change one bit how I feel about top four chances because I already accounted for a loss at Anfield to begin with. Yeah, but like I mentioned, I think it will be a scrap. I think a lot is dependent on the Manchester United situation. I do feel as if quality wise, we are the favourites for the top four, but. Yeah, I agree with that. A lot will happen. I agree. I mean, quality-wise, you have to look at United squad. and I I mean, I would agree. They are the favourites to get top four um, just because I think you have a better squad than we do. Um, But, but, you know, I do think that we can get top four simply because of our our, um, defensive ability. Um, We have one of the best back fives in the league. We don't concede many goals. um, Big games aside. (laughs) But... uh, Who drops out of the top four for you then, Mori? If you you get in. Uh, United do. Um, United, I think we have a, yeah, United, <laughs> United do. And the reason I say that is because I honestly believe that we have a better defense than them. And and in this league, if he, if the, the, if you don't concede many goals, you always have a chance. Um, I don't trust Maguire. Um, I don't trust Lindelof. Varane is in and out of the team. Um, obviously, but Mo, uh, but Mo, 
our goal difference is minus four, but you say we have a good defense. Yeah, but that's because that's skewed by the first three games of the season when we didn't have a defense. To be fair, you, had, you played City, Chelsea, and, and you've just played Liverpool, so... Yeah, but the thing is, but the thing is, we didn't even have Benoit and Gabriel the first few games to begin with. Um, since Benoit and Gabriel came into the team, um, we only really had one bad performance, and that was at Anfield. Other than that, I don't really think we can. We, we haven't really considered many. We've got a lot of clean sheets. Even the Palace game, when we considered a couple of goals, both those goals came from um, mistakes in midfield. Um, one from Party, one from Lakonga, and which put the defense, uh, you know, off guard. But um, other than that, I think we've been solid at the back. Very solid. Good point. Yeah, okay. one one thing I would say about Arsenal is just because of the fact that they have a very young squad, I feel as if there's going to be a lot of um, inconsistency throughout mm. the season. Um, and they've never been in a situation where they're genuinely battling for the top four. So there will be that added bit of pressure. And I don't know if the players can necessarily handle that pressure. Um, and obviously one or two injuries and that could change the whole dynamics of your season you need to pray that you keep your squad fit absolutely. because it could absolutely derail your season if someone like a mm. a sack mm. were to get injured so you know what yeah. we can get top four only one way and that's if we play a back five that's the only way no 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 uh, sorry I, I completely disagree because we, we don't you can say that if we're leaking goals but we're not leaking goals so the issue is not conceding the issue is we don't score enough we don't create enough and I think that's what we need to focus on. Um, even again, even in the Watford game, we only scored one goal. And even though we had lots of chances, the Bamiyang needs to start finding his scoring boots. I think if we address the attacking deficiencies, that's how we'll get top four, in my opinion. That's mm. why I said the uh, back five. I wasn't talking defensively. I think when we played the back five of Arteta, we dominated the ball a lot more. We played it out the back a lot oh, more okay, comfortably I got you. because I we got had two DMs and then we literally controlled yeah, the ball. That's, a lot more. that's the main reason. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. That's fair. Yep. Mm, that's a fair point. But um, moving on, obviously, it was it shortly after to we saw the main man, Mo Salah, scoring, getting his name on the goal sheet, um, continuing his good form, making it 3-0 for Liverpool. I think at this point, it was game over, really. Um, we saw Arsenal create some opportunities, um, particularly the Thomas Party one that I can remember top of my head. Um was um saw some it was a great effort pushed over the cross of the crossbar um had some wonder it was wonderful skill to get past Fabinho as well if I can remember he put it through his legs didn't he yeah that was some was a good couple that was a good skill but um just wasn't enough for Arsenal in the end um Liverpool went on dominating and scored their fourth goal um Trent getting another assist I mean we were talking about Trent earlier but you have to admit he's a man on form for Liverpool at the moment. Um, would you agree, Kiana? I mean, how important is he to you guys? I mean, how important has he been? Yeah, I guess it's not been the first season. He's been that important for you guys. Oh, 100%. I, I will not take any Trent slander at all. And I think the match where um, we were missing him, I'm trying to remember who who we were playing, but I think it was West Ham. I'm not sure. I can't remember. Anyways, I believe Milner was was in for... That's the city. Was it the City game? Uh, I can't remember. All I know is Trent wasn't there. He was injured. And then I was like, okay, now somebody say something about needing Trent in our system. I, and uh, like, if you don't want to admit it then, then I don't want to hear from you at all. You're not a rational person. He just brings so much to 
um, our options for scoring and he assists. So people want to talk about him not being a defensive right back. That to me, I don't, it, it, it doesn't even make sense because the couple of times he gets caught out, like he makes those runs for us. He's high up on the pitch outside of the box in, in the, um, in the uh, opposition's side. And that still comes down to who's supposed to be supporting defensively. Like it's, it's not on, on him all the time. And I find all these other teams now are recognizing the importance of getting the, the, the ring backs in the game and how they, they contribute to goals as well. So I think he's the model for, for those, the Reese James and, and the other right backs and, and even for left backs because they, like our right and left were leading assist in the league two like two seasons ago. So it tells you how crucial they are in in a part of the play mm. as well. So I don't know. I I absolutely love Trent, and I I think he's just in a category by himself. Someone mentioned that, and I think that's the truth. Like he's he's so good, and he's so young. I think Hendo needs to hand over that armband, the the badge, the armband to him. To be honest. And I think that will un- unleash a whole other Trent level. That's, all I'm gonna say is, all I'm gonna say is, never put him in midfield. No, don't do that. Who? Why? I don't even know why people bring. Because Southgate, up. Southgate tried that experiment and and it and it crashed and burned. So keep him at right back as long as you can. But yeah, no, I can go with Keanu. He's completely revolutionised that right back position. If you're looking at the modern day fullback, he's probably your your dream fullback. Um, obviously, I, I made the comparisons with Reese James. I think he's more of an orthodox right back, um, but I do feel that Trent plays in the supporting system where he's able to play that role. But yeah, definitely quality. Like for me, he's, he's probably one of, if not the best right back in Europe. Um, obviously, Cancelo's in that conversation as well. But yeah, there's no, there's not look, uh, there's not looking past Trent. Or you can't look past yeah. Trent. Yeah, no, no doubt. I want to go around to everyone in the panel today and ask this one question about Liverpool. I want a yes or no answer from everyone. Can Liverpool win the league this season? Yes. Yes. They will win the league. They can, but they won't. Whoa. Yeah, they can, but they won't. Well, I'm the only Liverpool supporter here and uh, the obvious answer is yes. And we have yeah. with this squad, and we've made improvements. I'm, I'm confident. I think they can, but it's just going to be difficult, isn't it? Because City, I still think City have another gear to find them. They're the mm. third team that strikes me as a team that can just go 15, 18 games on the trot and just win each and every single one of them. And I think they're going to rip off one of those streaks anytime soon. So the table for me will get interesting around February, March time. Um, but yeah, my money is still on City. Um, Chelsea, for me, they're not sustainable. What they're doing is not sustainable. You can't have a team where your defenders are outscoring your attackers every single weekend. Like It's just not going to happen. And Liverpool, I think, will be right there at the end as well. Um, so yeah, that's that's what I think. Mm, fair, fair enough. Um, Demi, I didn't get your prediction. Do you, do you think Liverpool can win? Uh, they can, but I reckon they have to reinvest in that trip because they keep getting players injured. Every single time. Their midfield is very, very weak, in my opinion. They need to freshen up. I don't know how they are going to do that, but they can't carry on with that. Like I think Kites is there. He gets injured. Milner's too old. Mm. Henderson has lost his juice. I don't, I've never thought he was that good. I think he's very overrated. 
Um, who else? Curtis Jones is all right, but he's now getting injured too. You know, it, it's just too many injuries and in, important part of the whole um, pitch. So I feel like they need to sort that out somehow, and then we'll see. We can see whether they can win the league. Like that. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah, fair points. Moving on swiftly again, uh, we see Man City home in Everton Sunday afternoon kickoff. Um, we saw a rare start for Sterling returning to the starting lineup with a full Premier League debut for Palmer. Um, sorry, I <laughs> was um, obviously watching Barcelona right now. Um, four minutes extra time, still nil. Getting distracted. Need to win. Need to win. So we're getting um, distracted. Barcelona in the mud doesn't matter. Yeah, <laughs> chill, 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 chill. But um, yeah, so obviously. Now, Man City, going into this game, I mean, I personally thought they were the favourites, really. I mean, you obviously saw that. I mean, it took them a long time to get going, though. I mean, they did score their first goal to the 40th minute through um, through um, Sterling with a delightful pass from Cancelo. Cancelo. If you want to talk about attacking fullbacks, that is a Cancelo. prime example of an attacking mm-hmm. fullback outside of the foot. To Sterling, Jesus. what a finish! Cancelo could possibly be the best right back and left back. I can't I, look. I'm gonna throw this question out there right now. As win backs in general, right? Who is better, Trent or Cancelo? If you're looking at technicality, then probably Cancelo. But what Trent is doing is just exceptional. His his numbers are just exponential. So. I don't know. I guess it depends on how you're looking at it, man. Um, obviously, people like to look at GA a lot, but I'm a Cancelo fan, man. I just love like, the super, guy. Yeah, technically, he's just so good, man. So I would good. say, I would say that Trent is uh, what can I say? He's passing, ra- he's passing rage. It's just incredible. Like I've seen him all do all sorts of passes, like crossing outside of the foot dinking balls he's capable of just about anything um, but yes it's a, it's a tough one man if, if I had the choice I'd probably pick Cancelo just for the simple fact that if you put Trent in a team where you almost have to play with an orthodox right back mm-hmm. I don't know how he's going to respond to that yeah no, no doubt I mean like I said I'm a Cancelo fan and I think he does what Trent's not really great out. He does it decently as well. So I, I think Cancelo for me, man, like he's just he's just beyond beyond a lot of fullbacks right now. Um nah, so Liverpool fans, don't ask, please. <laughs> just opinions, just opinions. Just opinions, Trent all day. Trent all day. I think the only thing that um I see more of Cancelo uh, edging Trent out is like aerially like Trent you don't really see him win much in the air I don't think that's his game and you don't really call for that from him but uh, and maybe tackles but outside of that like their their stats are so similar it's just more more emphasis is placed on defensive uh capabilities in a defensive role but Trent I feel like just edges him out with everything else but that pass was absolutely insane I think that's the best assist this season that I've seen and I, yeah. I thought Henderson had a fantastic assist for Mo Salah and 
that that pass was absolutely insane. That just dropped right on um, Sterling's foot. That was it was a beautiful, beautiful assist. On the sixpence. Yeah, yeah no, that was delightful, delightful pass. Um, we had a debatable penalty that was rewarded, but then also cancelled afterwards. Was it a penalty? Well, I can't even remember that. Who was it on the camera? Sterling. Sterling. Oh, that was not a penalty. No. No, no, no. no. That was that not was at even, all. that was even I think they tried to say it was a coming together, but no, there wasn't any. It was there was, was minimal contact, if anything. There was contact, but not not enough, enough to go bring down, him like, that. down. like no yeah. way. He just went straight into the grass, like to the pitch. That was oh, it was bad. I think that's part and parcel of the game. As soon as you feel any bit of contact, <laughs> then you're gonna go down. But yeah, I think yeah, yeah. VAR actually did well in this situation to to look back and deem it not a penalty. But yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I mean, we've seen them given, but yeah, this time around, it was good that VAR and the referee were able to to sort that out. Um, see, it went two 0 up after half time with uh, a Rodri absolute screamer. Oh yeah, boy, oh boy, that was a goal, man. I mean, Aiden, you said, oh, yeah. What was that like when you saw it? No, that wasn't me. That was someone else. Oh, sorry. Who's that? I think it was me. Was it you? You thought Aiden was Keanu? Damn. No, I, yeah, I, just, said, I just said, oh, yeah, man. <laughs> no, <laughs> it was just like they just were not. They gave Man City so much space. So as soon as I saw the ball... Like it, I think it was a either like a poor clearance or just just something odd happened where the ball was sent backwards, and I saw nobody moving um, to even just go and collect the ball. And I said, "I bet you someone is just gonna smash that ball coming up." And then it was Rod, like Rodri. It was insane. That was a great goal, and he was wide open, but the it just looked like he was trying to tear the net off. It was intense. Yeah, it was mad. It was mad. It was a mad goal, but. Um... City went on and capped off a 3-0 win over over Everton with uh, Silver scoring he scoring the third goal. Silver's been absolutely I think he's been one of City's bright sparks this season. He's been very good when he's in his new role for City. I think he's been very, very good, Bernardo Silva. Um moving on to the last game. Um we saw Tottenham taking on Leeds, making um Conte's second Prem game in charge. Didn't quite go to plan, especially in the first half, um, with Leeds taking the lead through Daniel James. I I kind of feel had a feeling he was gonna score. I don't know why, but I had a feeling he was gonna score. I mean, can someone describe that first half for me? I mean, Dyle, what did you think of that first half for Tottenham, especially, man? Um, yeah, very poor from Tottenham. I think Leeds mm. played it to a T. I think they were well warranted for the for their one 0 lead, um, they pressed well. Tottenham could barely get a hold of the game. Um, but yeah, credit to Tottenham. Um, they improved in the second half. They actually yeah, got no shot doubt. on target, which was amazing. Um, <laughs> and yeah, they kind of they kind of built from that. They slowly got themselves into the game and. Um, yeah, I think mm. the balance of play, they, they maybe deserve the victory, but full credit to Leeds. Um, but I just, I, 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 I say kindly, Tottenham fans, you need to just keep your feet squarely on the ground 
and stop celebrating like you're about to win a title because I think a lot yeah, of I'm probably over the top. Um, remember, this is a like Leeds have not been in good form. Right, let's contextualize it. They have not been in good form. Um, yeah. So I feel as if Tottenham are still a work in progress. It's going to take Conte time. I still feel as if he needs a transfer window and yeah. establish his team. Um, but he, he, he's been working. He's been working them hard. I think regularly even mentioned it. This, he's, I think he said during the international break, this is probably the worst week he's had. Um, so it tells you that Conte is working. He's got hard. So yeah, yeah. hopefully you'll reap the benefits of it and you might see more in the coming weeks. But yeah, no, I'd, I'd say on a balance of play, maybe Tottenham deserved it. But yeah, I think I think Leeds uh, made a good show of themselves as well. Yeah, no, no doubt. No doubt. I mean, like you said, Tottenham came out in the second half. Looked like a much better team, managed to actually get shots on target and then actually um, managed to win the game by 2-1, two, two goals to one. Um, which was, which is, I mean, me being a Tottenham fan, um, I've always said I want to see performances. I want to see difference. I want to see change. Again, very, very, very weak performance in the first half. Why does it always take Tottenham to the second half to actually wake up God knows, but that win was all down to Conte, definitely. Still got that Nuno tax. Yeah, perhaps, yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, like I said, that win goes to Conte for me. I mean, I think he's the one that really dragged us in, dragged us through that naive minute to make us win that game. It, it all down to him. Whatever he said in that halftime, in that, in that dressing room, definitely clicked for these players. And I hope he can, he can, he can find some sort of rhythm with these players that he currently has at the moment till he has a transfer season. But I don't think we will see the Conte effect till after summer. Um, so yeah, it's going to be a, a tough old rest of the season watching Tottenham currently at the moment. But um, quickly, I mean, Aiden, man. sorry, quickly, yeah. Aiden. Sorry, you weren't asking Aiden a question, bro. Sorry. Mm. Um, Aiden, I was just going to say to you. I mean, it, coming from an Arsenal fan, I don't know if you watched the game. I mean, how are you feeling about Tottenham and uh, what's your taking things right now? I didn't watch the game, but from what I heard online, it, you mm. do need some investment because there are obviously players which are not good enough for Spurs. Mm. But obviously, with the, the manager is absolutely world class, and they, the only way is up for them with a quality manager. But they do need to, that investment, and they do need to back him. Yeah, no, no doubt, no doubt. So, so would you want to ask me a question? Yeah, I was going to ask what you think of the Harry Kane situation. Obviously, he's still one mm. goal to his name in the Premier League, even though he'll tell you he's a. Uh, Scored a bunch of goals mm. in the Conference League. He's the reality is he only scored one goal in the Premier League. Um, um, I saw, I saw a few instances where he he looks okay, but obviously it's not the Harry Kane that we're used to. Um, no, well, what's the situation? What's going on with him? What's happening? From a, I think, I think the way I see it is a lot of what's happened before the season is definitely playing a part. Um, I don't think he's fully fit yet. I think he's um, one of the one of the players that Conte's kind of highlighted that needs to kind of get their fat percentages lower, whatever it is he was saying about certain players. Um, yeah, I just think Kane needs. I think he needs time. I think he needs. The problem with Kane that I've always seemed to see with him is that he doesn't seem to have a challenge when it comes to Tottenham. He don't seem to have a challenge. And this has been a worry for Tottenham for a long period of time now where 
sometimes you can see a lot of players. Some players are very good at just being that number one guy and just playing to that level consistently. Some players just need a kick in the back. Look, that guy is <laughs> next door. He's going to, you know what I mean? If you don't play well, he comes in. And Conte is that type of manager. But unfortunately, he's that type of manager, but we don't have the tools to give him that. You know what I mean? So it's like, again, it's we are having to rely on players like Kane. I think Kane gets too much. He, he gets criticised too much. I think Son needs to get criticised too because Son's missing himself. Yep. So, you know, I mean, for me, I love Kane. I think Kane has been one of our, one of our, um, one of the top manager, um, top strikers we've had in recent recent years. He's probably no, I don't want to talk about the best striker we've had. Let's be honest, you know. And I think he needs time. I think I think he would definitely. I think under Conte, he, he I think he likes playing under him, no doubt. He just the the whole mindset. He needs to just get his mindset right, man. I think you've got to admit. You, You've got to say like he's a human, and in the, the day he's a human being. You know, if you're not if you're not given what you want, what happens? You're gonna throw a strop. It's just it's just human. You're just a human. You know, of course these are professional footballers. They are looked at in a different way compared to me and you. But in the, end of the day, they've got feelings and emotions at the same time. So it's like, you know, you just got to bear with him. And I think I definitely do feel like he will come good. So I don't think I'm not too worried about Kane too much. I just worry about the fact that we need to bring another striker in. That's what I worry about. He needs he needs a challenge. So yeah, that's my take on it. Really, I thought yeah. I watched that match. I thought I thought um, I was really surprised by who put your 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 team on the scoreboard. To be honest, because regular dumb. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because as to before he even scored that, and it was a deflection. But I'm not gonna take away from like a goal's a goal, but. If you don't have your usual goal scorers, um, like Kane yeah. had some op- some chances, and it yeah. looked like he was going to score, but I'm just like, okay, you you go from winning the league, um, with the most goal for for being the 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 highest goal scorer in the league to just being like dead, like gone. Where where did he go? You're you're rumored to be leaving the club, and then all of a sudden you stay, and then you're just a, like a a ghost. Um, yeah. Hoiberg, that I think that more deserves some credit with that goal because he really hustled to get that opportunity for Hoiberg. Mm. So I don't think that's going to be usual for Tottenham. So they, de- I, I'm definitely worried for them. I, I just think it's just new, new, new coach. You get a win, but if that's who you're relying on to score, you guys are in trouble. Oh, we, we're 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 in big trouble. Regardless, I, personally, I think we're in big trouble, and I feel like no manager can come and work these players. No manager can get the best out of these current players. No way, you know, no way. Even not even Conte. You know what I mean? Like it, it's not going to work with these current players. These current players have been at Tottenham for way too long. They just don't want to play for Tottenham anymore. On top of that, you know, they're not. They haven't got that winning mentality. A lot of these players haven't. I agree. I That's what oh, sorry. Yeah, no, no. That's what I'm saying. Like they, they just don't have that winning mentality. A lot of these players, and that is the problem, you know. And us as fans, we want to see our team doing a lot better than than what we're seeing currently at the moment. But we have to be realistic at the same time. This team is just not even the team. The squad is just not good enough. You know, we've got a bunch of players that have not even played. We haven't even seen Ryan Session. I don't even know what he's about. He came with a big hype. I do not see why he came with the hype. 
you know, a lot of players, Deli Ali, another one, you know, man, just useless. I, I, there's a lot of these players in this team, man, and I, they just need to get shipped off. But again, it's hard said and done because unfortunately our owner is going to be quite requesting for a bulk amount of money for some of these players. And yeah, it's not going to be realistic. That's, that's why I said it's a work in progress. And I said a lot. It's, it is. Your league finish will be dependent on what he can do in the winter transfer window. I, I, I presume like we've mentioned in the past that Levy has given them a lot of assurances. Um, mm. But yeah, like, like you said, a lot of players need to leave and um, a lot of players need to, need to come in. But I think just to um, address your point on Harry Kane, I think you inferred that maybe he's losing a bit of motivation, but I definitely yeah. feel as if Conte coming in will give him a new impetus. Um, oh yeah, no doubt. Let's be, no doubt. Let's be honest, when Nuno came in, he, he, he probably wanted to pack his bags and, and yeah, yeah, you saw yeah. you saw the direction of the club, but now you've got a genuine a genuine world class manager, and I think any player will will look and say and see. But, but, but that's the thing as well. That's the thing. Sorry, just just to say one quickly thing before you go in, Kiana. Just what what I feel like with Kane as well is that he probably looks at the situation and thinks, "All right, cool, we've got Conte in. That is nice." But then we got we had Jose, and look what happened. You know, and I think that is what's playing on his mind a little bit. And the backing needs to come. It, I, I, for me personally, it would not make sense bringing in Conte if you're not going to back this man fully. It wouldn't make sense to me. Just the same way with Jose. You know, I really thought we believe it was going to back Jose because Jose is a winner, you know? And say it, like it or not, yes, Jose, he's, a, he's terrible when it comes to player management or whatnot. At the end of the day, the guy is a winner. You know, he's a winner. He got us to the final. United, he he won you guys your last trophy. So, you know, all the criticism from Jose is, is, is poor from Tottenham fans. I think we're very lucky to have Jose and I think he overachieved being at Tottenham. Really? Well, so, yeah, I think he did. I think he did. With that squad, I think he did. <laughs> I can't lie. The, this version of Jose, I don't think he was ever a fit for Tottenham, let alone... No, he was never fit. In any other club, fit. I feel as if the difference is when you're comparing Jose and Conte is that Jose is past his prime and Conte essentially is still mm. in his prime if you looked at what he did in Serie A and obviously what he mm. did in his stint at Chelsea um, he achieved a lot but yeah I mm. think Jose is a little bit different um, but yeah I mean where, where did he finish with Tottenham? He finished um, six in our first season with him You do um, not feel like a more I'm not going to say better manager per se, but a more competent manager that could work with those players could get yeah, Con- Tottenham Conte to a higher is, position. Is that manager. Conte is a bit like Jose, but the difference between the two of them is that Conte um, is more of a understanding manager when it comes to players, whereas Jose is, right. you do this, and if you don't do it, I don't care, you're out type of thing. You know what I mean? He's, a better, he's a better man manager. He's a better man manager, Conte, compared to Jose. And that's the difference between the two, I feel like. Um, but Conte won't stand for nonsense. He won't stand for these type of players like Deli Ali training lazy. You know, no. he won't stand for this stuff. You know what I mean? And so that's why I feel like it's, again, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it can, it can go either way, disappointment. Because there's a lot of players that are not going to like being pulled out or being called out a lot of times that are Tottenham at the moment but who's easier to get rid of players or the manager 
Yeah, I think if it's if you get into the, one of those situations where mm. players aren't buying into your philosophy or they're not able to execute that philosophy per se, then they'll almost become surplus to requirements. But I think that's that's I think that's that's pretty normal. Um, you yeah, know, right, bringing like the players that that can fit into your system and the players that can't fit into your system, then yeah, they can they can go somewhere else. Yeah, no doubt. So, Kiana, did you want to say something? No, I was just going to, my, my only comment was like, because I, I like Nuno and mm. I feel like, do you feel like he got a good stretch of, of games with like your full squad, like people who you count on, mm-hmm. you guys still keep, um, because that's what it looked mm-hmm. like to me that the issue wasn't the manager, that it was the squad. So for Nuno to get sacked after what, like 15 game, uh, mm. Like, I don't know. I, I feel like could he have been given that opportunity to to get some type of assurance that he would get a squad that he could work with? Like, I, d- I don't know. I, I, think, I feel like it was it, it was made think, to look like he couldn't do anything with that squad, but I don't think anybody really can. It just seems like no, you put, you're in, right. a new yeah. squad, you put in you put in a new coach and then somebody has to step up and be like, okay, after this many changes in managers or, co- or coaches, you're still getting the same result. So then what's the common denominator? I just felt exactly. like Nuno exactly. was a scapegoat. And exactly. if he was afforded the same opportunity or the same, um, uh, okay, well, we'll give you, we'll promise you this in the future. If you do, if you, if you just come in and sign with us, like, I don't, I don't know. I, I just felt like he was just not given a fair shake and. He, he wasn't. No, you're right. He, he definitely yeah. Wasn't. Yeah. I do agree with Kiana to a certain extent while players have to take accountability. Yeah, to look at the manager, and I just, feel just... As if you, you in turn can look at the manager because I just for what Tottenham are looking for, mm. I don't think Nuno was the right fit. He was never the right fit because he's looking you know, for a manager that's going to win them a trophy. That's that's what Tottenham fans have been yeah. crying for. They're crying for a trophy. Yeah. I don't think Nuno was that guy. So, yeah, I think when you got to look at it as well the content, sorry, just jump in, and when you got to look at it as well, um, Nuno. <laughs> He lost, was it three or four of our of our rival games in a really bad way? It's around London, man. Like it's, yeah, like he it's not, lost. It's not, it's not, it's not a secret. In a really bad, yeah, in a really bad manner. So you got a, and then when you really look into depth of how the the tactics and things like that, you have to question, you know, a little bit because it, it was he just didn't see what he was trying to do at all with the team. And unfortunately, you know, like I say, who's easier to replace, the players or the manager? And unfortunately, the manager always gets his head chopped up first before the manager, before the players do. So, you know, it's, it's unfortunate it's like that. But like I've always said, it's never the manager's pro- pro- problem. After Poch, I knew, I already knew, you know what I mean? Like, I already knew that this, this team needs a rebuild. Poch said it himself before he left. This team needs a rebuild. You've got a brand new shining home. You need some new furniture in it. And we're yeah. still with the same furniture. Unfortunately, yeah, I mean, I don't get think... me wrong. Yes, we've got some new pieces here and there, but we've still got some of the same furniture still there. So, you know, it's always going to still be stale. You know what I mean? So we just need, we need a, we need a massive rebuild. And I don't think it's going to happen within a year, two, three years, you know, maybe. But, you know, money, money talk. Money will talk, and we'll see what happens. <laughs> really, I think Kane should have left. 
Kane, yeah. Kane should he, yeah, I would agree. I think Kane should have left for his career as well. I mean, and also Tottenham get you generating some money from that. But that's the thing, Daniel Levy wants big money from these for these players, you know. I mean, I don't get me wrong, I don't think Daniel Levy was wrong for asking one fifty million. You know, I don't think he I don't think he was wrong, but Again, sometimes you've got to look at it and think, look, listen, you'll get your offered 120, 130. Take it. You know what I mean? Just, you know what I mean? Take it. This is an unhappy player that doesn't want to be in your team anymore. You've got to shift these players off. You can't be keeping unhappy players because then it keeps, and then it just, it doesn't do anything for the for the dressing room. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's nothing to do. I mean, I am I'm a big fan of Kane, and I completely agree with everything that he's doing. I mean, I don't agree with his performances if that is if he's performing like this just because of he's angry because of not getting that move. I don't agree with that. No, I don't agree. But I completely not understand where he's coming from when he feels like he's been let down by Daniel Levy and the club because he was promised. I believe he was promised that he wanted to leave, that he could leave in the summer. I believe that. Do you know but, what you know, City's highest bid was for Harry Kane? I think it came down to like 130. I think it was. Yeah, that's actually like a lot. Because I think so. Was it 130? I think it was 130 in the end. Yeah. I think I think 130 was waived that, but then I think that was when that period of time when the news came out that Daniel Levy wasn't trying to answer their calls anymore and things like that. <laughs> yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it came down to about 130. No, but I think that's a rip-off. I wouldn't pay 130 million for a 28 year old player who's injured once a season yeah. and outside of England he won't sell any shirts. Outside of England, no one cares about Harry Kane. You're right, though. You're all right. You're all very right. I don't know if that's the rational side of Aiden coming out of the Arsenal side. It's the truth, mate. It's the truth. <laughs> it's, it's the, it's the truth. Yeah. I, I do hear what you mean, though. I do get what you mean. No doubt. He's, he hasn't got that fan base like that. I mean, only people that really rave about Kane is English fans. Yep. Which is so yeah, true. I think, yeah. Yeah, I think ultimately is what is what Spurs value him at, and uh, he's mm. your, your biggest asset. Like, arguably, he's your biggest asset. So you're gonna want yeah. like the top dollar for him. Yeah. Hey, I yeah, do. Yeah. I do. I do. But at the same time, you what you got to look at is the guy is 28, 29, maybe 30. He get, he's he's always injured. He's got he's got a bad ankle um, ligament, ankle ligament injury. You know what I mean? Waiting to always happen. You know what I mean? And Again, when you look at how he's performing now, his value just keeps going down and down and down. I, even in the summer, if we weren't even looking to send him in January, yeah. I don't think we'd get even more than 80 million for him currently right now. Yeah. I think we'd even be lucky to get 80 million for Kane right now. And that's just a brutal... Tr- and and, and I, people are telling me, oh, he's doing this so that his price gets lower and his value gets lower and then he can actually move on. I think that's absolutely ridiculous to say that a professional footballer is doing that so that his price can... I, I don't believe that nonsense. You know what I mean? I don't believe that. You know, he's playing because he's up. I don't know. God knows what's wrong with him, but he's obviously not there. He's not fully there yet. So, you know, this Kane thing can go on. We could talk about it for so long, but, you know, it's just only time would tell on the Conte what he wants. That's, That's the only thing I know. If he wants to play for this team, he will play for this team because of Conte. No one else. You know what I mean? That's it. That's all I know. And he needs another striking partner. He needs one. And he needs one in January. He needs one. Badly. Yep. Badly. But, um, yeah, I don't know if anyone else wants to say anything before I close up. Um, nah, I think that's um, that's pretty much it. Um, could do our player of the week quickly. 
Yeah, yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah, I mean, go around. Um, I'll start with me. Um, my player of the week has to go to... No I'm going to give it to Dennis. I'm going to give it to Dennis. I was literally about to say, not, not, no one from Watford, please. Don't be a hater. I would get to Dennis just because that yeah, mean he, player. Oh. He's a mean player, but he ripped you guys apart. Let's be honest. Every <laughs> if you've watched Manchester United, every team's been ripping us apart. So it's not, it's not breaking news. <laughs> but fine, I'll, 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 I'll give it to Cancelo. Just that ball, that quality ball to Sterling. What an assist! So yeah, yeah, no doubt. He's my player assist. of the week. That was a good assist, Aiden. You? I'll give it to Trent. Yeah, fair enough. Oh, you got two assists, didn't he? Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, David, you ask you. Know, you know she's going to give it to. Who are you going to give it to? Oh, I was going. I was okay. Who else would it go to? Uh, well, if you want to give it to Trent, then no, 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 no. Trent got a good shout, so I'll just give it to who I was going to put ahead of Trent. Anyways, Mane. I think he had a great game and. Uh, mm. He also set up Mo for that for our fourth goal. So I'm 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 happy with Mane. Anyone that wants to go on and on about what he can or cannot do, I'd, I'd welcome it. Come, I'll, I'll, I'll defend him all day, every day. He we, will s- we will save that conversation for another episode. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll give it to Mane. Yeah, goal yeah, in this is a great game. Good shout, good shout, good shout. Well, thank you guys for coming on. Thank you, the panel. Um, lovely panel. You've been great today. Um, getting back into Premier League football, back into the Premier League feeling. It's been good watch. I mean, this week, again, has not surprised me. Um, you know, football, Premier League football is just the greatest football going, isn't it? To be honest. But um, thank you, listeners, for listening, for tuning in. Again, you can catch our material on Spotify. Apple via the brothers chat and you can follow us to keep in touch with us on social media, Instagram, Twitter, again, the brothers chat. Thank you for tuning in and we will see you next weekend. I'll type. Peace. Peace. Peace.